Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Check out the Hog Talk Podcast, the newest addition to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Find it on hitthatline.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Hog Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handymen. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you could still be in on the action at betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Chuck Barrett. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and a <laughs> former heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback Baseball and the Ladybacks. Three... Two, one, yo, what's going on Arkansas Razorback fans, SEC fans everywhere, welcome to the one and only Hog Talk Podcast, the Friday episode, I hope, I hope you guys had a wonderful week, Arkansas, Florida coming up, unfortunately no Sam Pittman, and you may not, you may have a pretty, pretty boring weekend, because I don't know who else is going to play this weekend everybody. Who, who else is playing? Everyone's canceled or postponed or whatever. The SEC, I, th- I think they were going to add an extra week. You're supposed to have the makeup game on December 12th, right? And then they're going to, I think they're going to try and have another makeup weekend on the 19th. I could be wrong about that. So many questions. If you, uh, if you're listening to us on Apple, please rate and review the podcast. We'd really appreciate that. If you guys are listening to us through uh, hitthatline.com, well, just a special shout out to you guys as well. And if you can, rate and review the show. <laughs> it does, it seriously goes a really long ways towards, uh, you know, boosting the show. Towards, towards uh, you know, getting the name out there and what have you. Hog Talk is, we've, we've seen some pretty awesome growth. I mean, we work pretty hard for you guys to get you some content and uh, keep you entertained on the social medias. You can follow us on Facebook, Arkansas Hog Talk, and on Twitter, at the Hog Talk. Or is it just Hog Talk? I don't know. Just search H-A-W-G and we should pull up. <laughs> I don't even know our 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 Twitter, all of our social media stuff. We're on Instagram. We are everywhere. So, yeah, Sam Pittman out for the Florida game. You know he's got to be devastated. That is that, – that sucks. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I do think that has an impact on the game. I don't know how big of one, but I do think that it has an impact. So much so that I don't even have my prediction. Keith, our, our graphics guy, is hitting me up like, bro, I need your need your score. And I'm like, man, I don't I don't have one yet. <laughs> I will say – well, you know what? Hang on. I'll get, I'll get to that in a minute. I'll get to the Florida game in just a second. I do want to kind of break that down a little bit for you guys and, and get us caught up there. First, we're going we're gonna to get into the other stuff. There are four cancellations so far this week. Mizzou, Georgia. What, here's what I don't understand. What is there to do? I, I realize Columbia is a big town. Like, it's bigger than Fayetteville, right? Isn't it like 120,000 people or something in, in Columbia? Like, what is there to do in, in Columbia? 
and anytime anyone I've ever known that's been there, and I, look, I'm not saying that this is the case. I'm not saying that it's fact, but anyone that I've ever known who's been there is like, yeah, that campus sucks and that town sucks. That like Fayetteville, way better, way better. Couldn't find anything to do. Didn't really have fun. We left the town. It's it just sucked. So what are they doing up there? Like you're supposed to you're supposed to go to practice, go to class, and and get your ass to your dorm, right? Whoop, swear. Hang on. Hang on, I got my swear jar here. I better throw a coin in the swear jar. Okay, there we go. Uh, what are you doing? What is there to do there? Right? You can you can go down the road. Aren't they in what's Boone County? <laughs> that just sounds like. A... <laughs> are you gonna go watch the the guys in the trailer park outside your campus make meth? Like, what is there to do in Missouri? Anyways, that game is postponed against Georgia. You got Auburn, Mississippi State, LSU, Bama. Let's be real. I'm sure that Ed Orgeron was like, he probably, they told him first, oh, yeah, no, coach, you only had like one guy. You only had one guy this week test positive, so you're good. Oh, what's that? You know, like 12 guys. Okay, we just go postpone. We go postpone this week. We ain't gonna play Bama. Go Tigers! Like that's exactly how I think that conversation went. He doesn't want to get embarrassed, and let's be honest. Even though LSU is a is not good this year, as we all know and we're all aware of, that that's gonna draw that game's gonna draw a lot of attention because it's LSU Bama. It doesn't matter how bad LSU is. That game is just gonna draw people. You think he wants to look terrible in front of? He wants this game to be completely canceled. So that's how I think that went. A and M and Tennessee also postponed. And um, yeah, it's it's these these guidelines and these rules are a little wonky. You got to have what is it fifty two fifty two scholarship players? You know, Arkansas has got several non scholarship players. Well, I say several. They've got at least one on defense that starts. So what happens if they get hit? Does he not count towards the overall towards the overall count of the of when you're counting down the roster? I think it's just this year 2020 has just been a giant dumpster fire. Now don't get me wrong, Razorback football great. Such a awesome turnaround which makes all this that much more sickening cuz it's like why couldn't we have a normal season, a 12 game season? No doubt that Arkansas if if uh They'd played a full 12 games. You're talking, I think that's a six-win team, at least with how well they've played this year under these uh, awful set of circumstances. They've been they've just outperformed on every level. So it makes all this that much more just sickening. But yeah, those are your games that are canceled. Sam Pittman tests positive. Who knows by the time you guys listen to this on Friday what happens. It wouldn't surprise me that they postpone everything. My gosh. What a what a what a dumpster fire of a year 2020 is. Shout out to Mizzou fans. They're listening to this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm going solo on this, so you know, I got to entertain myself somehow, right? John Daly Jr. signs his letter of intent to the University of Arkansas. How about that? We're gonna have a we're gonna have another Daly on campus. In Fayetteville, in Faytown, Arkansas. Of course, his father, on a more serious note, battling cancer. But you know he was looking forward to this. You know that this just probably... Like, I'm sure the guy teared up a little bit. Good for him. Good for his family. His son. I'm sorry. John Daly Jr. looks just like his dad. He looks just like his dad. (laughs) He just needs to he just needs to grow the mullet though, right? You need to get the mullet going. Um so yeah, good for them, good for the dailies. That's awesome though. We have uh we have John Daly Jr. on campus. How about that? Arkansas men's basketball to move on to that. Bud Walton Arena capacity limited to four thousand fans. Four thousand fans for Arkansas basketball. That's men and women's for the year. Speaking of Arkansas basketball, how about this? What a week, and no one's really, like, this deserves that much more hype. Arkansas basketball, the men signed 
Four-star prospect Chance Moore, six foot five, hundred ninety-five pound guard out of Georgia, and six ten JUCO. And according to two four seven JUCO rankings, a call Mawin Mawin out of Navarro College is a four-star, but his overall score is a three-star. But regardless, he's he's six ten. That's what matters. And of course, don't forget you have the six seven Little Rock transfer Kamani Johnson. So uh, yeah, twenty twenty-one looking bright. Looking bright for Razorback basketball. I'm so excited for the men's and women's this year. I'm I'm excited about everything that's going on on campus, basketball and football. I cannot remember the last time I've had this level of confidence in both those programs. We know baseball is going to be baseball. Dave Van Horn is going to do what Dave Van Horn does. That's win ball games. You know, yeah. You're, earlier in this year, things could have gone better. I agree, but I, I think they would have recovered. I really do. There's too much talent on that roster. I think they would have recovered, and I think they're going to be pretty good this year. There's so much hype with with not only just recruiting, but with what they've already accomplished. Musselman year one was not supposed to do what he did, and look what he did. You know, he ended like his the ending to his to the year. Of course, COVID nineteen came in. But it was beating a team in the SEC tournament after already overperforming or outperforming what everyone in the media, including yours truly, thought would happen this year. He outperformed. I had him at like 14 wins. And he goes, I mean, I'm not saying they would have gone to the NCAA tournament, but they definitely were really good. And then Sam Pittman, who was considered the most underwhelming hire in the SEC, the most underwhelming hire, and look what he's done. He very well could and I think that he will sweep all the new coaches this year. Kiffin, Leach, and I think he's going to beat Drinkwitz. I think he's going to get Mizzou. I just do. How about the women's too, though? How about what Mike Neighbors is doing with this women's program? He signed Jersey Wolfenbarger, 6'5", guard out of Fort Smith, number seven player in the country, according to ESPN. That's a big-time five-star shout-out to Mike Neighbors in this this class that he put together. They're killing it in Faytown, Arkansas. you got to love it. you got to love it. She had a ton of offers, by the way. I don't know that I, I – it was a lot. It was <laughs> – it's six foot five. Wow. Yeah. They're adding size and talent, y'all. Not that they didn't already have it. They have it, and they're getting more of it. Um, it was a good class for them, good class for the for the men's and women's. And uh, Sam Pittman trying to tighten up this this 2021 recruiting class as well. Unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot of news there on that front. Moving on to the next thing here. Some stuff that you guys are already well aware of. Redshirt freshman Jalen Catalan, you know this. He was SEC Defensive Player of the Week. He had 12 tackles and a pick. That's the fourth time this year. Fourth time this year you've had a Razorback defender get get the award for Defensive Player of the Week. I and it won't be the last. I think I think they get at least one more. I do, especially with with LSU coming up, with with Mizzou coming up. I, I don't know about just defensive, but I mean just Player of the Week somewhere. Burks is going to break through. I think Raheem Boyd gets it together eventually this year. Yeah, he's had kind of an underwhelming year. Injuries and everything are just, I don't know. The guy is just having a hard time staying on the field. He got a lot of carries last week. I think that was actually the most carries he's had all year in a single game. I think Boyd, Burks, maybe even Felipe Franks. I mean, who knows? My boy Kern. Hmm? Little 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 uh, tight end action, getting player of the week. That's been a while since that, since that's happened on campus. I can see it. They do like utilizing the tight end inside the red zone, especially inside that 5 or 10-yard line. They like to utilize the tight end. So anything could happen, but I do think they end up getting at least one more player for uh, SEC Player of the Week. That would put your total at 5, and, and uh, I, I can't remember the last time they did that in a single season. I mean, really. Okay, what we're all here for, let's talk a little Arkansas, Florida going down this weekend at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. What happens? The over-under right now, let's get into the, just some of the the, uh, the pick center for ESPN. Over-under set at 62.5. The spread, how about that? Florida favored at 17.5 points. I don't... I, I don't have a prediction, and I, I, I don't know in terms of my if, if they cover the spread yet or not. 
this Wednesday afternoon. I don't have, I don't know if they do or not. I think uh, with Sam Pittman being ruled out, who knows how the Razorbacks respond? You know, are they going to roll out like <laughs> Sam Pittman, like with an eye? He's going to be on an iPad. They're going to FaceTime Sam Pittman at half or before the game and then at halftime. <laughs> Hey guys, just uh, hope you're doing okay. All right, I gotta run. The missus has got a pot of chili. She's got a pot of chili in the uh, in the slow cooker. So good luck. Right, what are you supposed to do with that? What are you supposed to do with FaceTiming your coach before, in the middle, and after a football game as a player? Like, oh, okay, all right, coach. Yeah, Florida favorite at seventeen and a half. I'm not. I'm not surprised. I mean, because these guys hang a lot of points up per game, and they just do. Trask is having a Heisman like year. 125 completions out of 182 attempts, 1,815 yards, 22 touchdowns, and only three picks. Again, keep in mind these guys have only played five games. Arkansas played six. Franks, who's 123 out of 183 pass attempts, 1,428 yards, 14 touchdowns, three picks. If you go down the, if, if you're comparing the two teams, yeah, I mean, Florida's just, they're just obviously better on offense. Arkansas averages 24 and a half points a game. Florida averages 42.4 points allowed. Arkansas 26, respectively. Florida at 29. Again, one less game. That matters. Total yards at 376 for Arkansas per game. Florida at a hundred or at a 495 points or yards. Good grief. Get it straight. 495 yards per game. They averaged 369 yards through the air. I do not think the Razorbacks let that happen. I just don't. I don't see that happening. Arkansas gets about two, just right under 239 yards per game through the air. On the ground, Arkansas's, the run game is, it's coming around. I mean, it just, it has. We, we're starting to see them get it put together. And I noticed a spark against Auburn. In the in the uh, in the second quarter and in in the second half, I noticed a spark. Something was changing with Arkansas's with Arkansas's run game, but they're they're averaging right now almost all, right at 138 yards on the ground per game. Florida at 126. Uh, Arkansas and Florida on defense in terms of yardage are very similar. Both give up right at about 401, 402 yards per game. Arkansas secondary 222 yards per game. To uh, Florida's 262. Rushing yards allowed, 179 to Florida's 139. There's some similarities there on defense, uh, but again, we have to keep in mind Florida's one less game and, and all that. You know, they haven't played, they had a game postponed earlier in the year. Trask is, is, Trask is in for, I think, as far as a secondary that he's playing. He's in for an interesting challenge. Arkansas has proven the second you make a mistake, they're good enough. They're going to they're going to force you to pay for it, and and they can do that without getting consistent pressure. Arkansas has proven that you know what we're not going to sack the quarterback, but we we can get pressure. And then even when we don't, the second you make a mistake, we make you pay for it. They've done that. They've been incredible at getting takeaways. They had two picks in the second half against Tennessee. Catalan just continues to be a freshman phenom. Even though he's a redshirt freshman, I'm going to take it. I don't know that I've been this excited about an Arkansas secondary member or, or a defensive back in quite some time. I had high hopes for some guys over the years. I kind of thought Fouché would be closer to where Catalan's playing right now, but no, right now it's it's all about Catalan. So I kind of wonder how he reacts to to Trask and how Trask reacts to him. Bumper pool, who for a while there was was among the top of of pass defenders with pass breakups on the year. Arkansas has a lot of pass breakups. If they don't pick the ball off, they're going to contend for it. They're going to reach for the ball. Their hands are going to be on the ball, or they're going to force you with with great timing. As soon as that ball's delivered and into the hands of the of the receiver, there's a defensive back there popping that ball loose, hitting you hard, forcing knockouts, or they play so physical, receivers are afraid to catch the ball. Watch watch Catalan. 
Watch if he's got any videos out there on on YouTube. Watch how hard he just smacks the crap out of out of wideouts or anybody trying to run across the middle or try to run the football towards him. You're going to pay for it. Catalan's going to smack you. Bumper pull too. So there's there's a level of physicality that this Arkansas defense plays with that Florida probably hasn't really seen yet this year. Talent-wise, yeah, I still think they got a ways to go on defense. Arkansas does, but they are—they're—they're they're just simply—they're outperforming every every expectation that anybody had for them. They're outperforming what they should be doing, and it's been—it's been really fun to watch. My my biggest concern is, you know, can they get the run game going against Florida here? They, the run, their run defense, they don't give up a ton, 139 to Arkansas's 179. But they have shown that they've, they, they have struggled a little bit against the run throughout the year. Their secondary, obviously, is their biggest issue, 263 yards per game or right, right around that. Felipe Franks could have a weekend. I mean, and not only that, you've got the Franks-Florida connection there. I'm sure he's not. I, I don't see this guy being like ticked off at Dan Mullins, especially after considering what Trask has done. I mean, he looks like a Heisman. Trask clearly looks like a front runner for first team All SEC and and probably even a Heisman, All American, you name it. I don't think Frank like he's 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 had a wonderful opportunity this year and he's turning it up, baby. He's getting some yards. He's getting numbers. He's getting it done. I mean, he very well could. I think he ends up getting drafted if he continues to play like this. So I don't I don't think he's too upset about about what happened. But I do you still wonder about that dynamic just a little bit. And again, their secondary is not very good. It's been it's been their their Achilles this year. 262 yards through the air. That's that's not that's not exactly great. And I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised that their their uh yards allowed. I thought it would be higher before I started on Sunday, I started doing my research on Florida's defense, kind of trying to break them down a little bit. I Honestly, I thought it'd be like 440, 450, because their defense has been just a – it's been their biggest issue this year. And it uh, turns out they're right there along with Arkansas. But, it, again, yardage has not been great. Arkansas, it's it's been, it's been red zone defense. It's been forcing turnovers. So, yeah, they're not going to get you to go three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. You know they're going to get a three and out, and then the next drive maybe you go down the field, kick a field goal. Then the drive after that you're going to turn it over, and then the drive after that maybe you punt. Like they've shown a level of consistency in the red zone too. That like it's very hard to finish drives against this red zone or against this Arkansas defense, especially in the red zone. Um, I wonder how they attack this Florida offense. I wonder if they go the three man front, considering Trask is. Is the biggest threat. They have they have some guys. Don't get me wrong. We're talking about the tight end, Kyle Pitts, 6'6", 250 pounds. I mean, this guy's been a monster. Twenty three catches, four hundred fourteen yards, eight touchdowns. Many believe he is the best tight end in the country, and I I don't think that's a shocking thing to say. Uh, he did take a vicious hit in the head neck area in the second quarter by by Georgia safety Lewis Sign. Or is that kind? I think it's sign. After uh, after a throw to the middle of the field last week against Georgia. So Pitts is questionable, according to Dan Mullins. That's the biggest question. If he's good to go, if Pitts is good to go, I, I, I don't know that Arkansas covers the spread, if I'm being honest. I think he makes the difference there. And it's not to say they don't have other weapons. It's not to say they don't have other weapons. You look at their uh, other receivers. They've got some ballers, but they've also got some guys that can make you wonder, too, on on uh, with their running backs. Uh, Damian Pierce, 49 carries, 221 yards with two touchdowns this year. Like Florida, Florida has playmakers all over the ball, or all over the field, excuse me, on offense. Uh, their other receiver, Kadarius Toney, has 29 catches this year. Actually has more than, than Pitts. Doesn't have the eight touchdowns, but he has six touchdowns. He has 339 yards receiving. He's gonna, he's assuming he's not out, and I don't think that he is. I haven't seen that come up yet. Uh, he could be a problem. You've got a number of guys. Grimes, who 
hasn't put up like the production isn't it's not been terrific but 13 catches 194 yards he averages 15 yards per reception three touchdowns on the year they're gonna make it work and Dan Mullins is good enough especially with that Florida talent on the offensive side of the ball he's gonna make it work one way or another he'll find the pieces especially against a team that doesn't have their head coach right he's gonna he's gonna find something he's gonna find a way to 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 gain any any advantage that he can on the field and and nothing should nothing should really change as far as schemes right like your offense Kendall Bryles I don't I don't know what changes there. I don't think very much changes at all Odom who's going to be your your interim coach for the game nothing changes on defense although that that's maybe where that disadvantage is right Odom's not going to have exclusive control over just his defense He's going to be the guy on the sidelines responsible for the entire thing. I'm sure he's still going to be coaching. He's still going to be coaching the defense. Yeah, but I'm saying he's he's going to be a little bit distracted, right? You can't just be the interim head coach for a game and not have distractions coming into this and while you're on the sidelines. You're the guy now this week. Other assistants on on both sides of the ball, special teams, they're going to they're going to need your attention this week. So I don't know how that how that how that unfolds. Trask, I, I can't believe how good this kid has been this year. He's throwing almost 68%. Again, 22 touchdowns, three picks, five sacks. Arkansas, another thing they're going to have to deal with with the Florida defense is how aggressive they like to play, and, and that that to me is concerning. That to me is a little concerning. Arkansas has given up a lot of sacks. Florida's coming into this game with 15 sacks. 15 sacks. And and Arkansas's had trouble protecting Felipe Franks a little bit. Their pass blocking overall has been it's been solid. It's been it's been pretty uh, okay. It's been decent. It's been better than what we've seen in the last several years. But they're still giving up too many sacks. And some of that too is on Felipe Franks on his hesitation. I agree with that. But but 18 sacks is just too many. 18 sacks is Good Lord. I, I don't know what the rest of the league looks like, but I'm pretty sure he's the most sacked quarterback in the SEC. So as I'm sitting here bragging on, on the offensive line, I do think overall they have performed better than what we've seen the last couple of years, last two, three years. I do think they've performed better. But I think a lot of his sacks are, and like I said, his hesitation. Some of that's on him. It's not always on the offensive line. Sometimes people have a hard time understanding that. It's not always on the offensive line. When your quarterback hesitates, or when he takes too long to get rid of the ball, when he when he pushes, or when he when he doesn't move a little bit quicker in the pocket, or, or quick to move out of the pocket when it starts to collapse, you're going to take sacks, and and he's that is something I think he still needs to improve on as the year goes on. I'll I'll call it right now. I think the keys to this game, they're in the hand of Felipe Franks. That's how I think Arkansas wins this game. You know they've yet to play. Any more than maybe a quarter and a half of good offensive football. They struggle at getting rhythm. But once they slow down, that's when this offense is is not effective. That's when they struggle, is when they slow their pace down. When they slow down, when there's when they they fall out of rhythm, when they slow down, timing kind of falls out of rhythm. It just it all falls apart and becomes discombobulated. With also, I think some of the play calling this year. I know Sam Pittman stood up for his boy, stood up for Kendall Bryles. I know that, uh, but some of the play calling has been questionable at times this year. These end arounds, I swear, they're going to give me an ulcer. The the double reverse plays, they're going to give me they give me headaches. But if they put together at least four quarters of football on the offensive side of the ball, they have a shot at competing with Florida. They have a shot at, at covering the spread. I'm not going to tell you that they win if that happens, but the keys are in Felipe Franks's hands. That's that's how you that's how you win this game. You you let Burks show out, Woods show out, Devion Warren get him more involved this week. Hopefully, somebody stands out at running back. And and lately, it's not been Raheem Boyd, or at least it wasn't last week. You got to get things figured out back there, and I would rather Raheem Boyd is that is is 
I don't want to say he's a power back, but between the two, he's the guy that can be tough to bring down. He can run pretty physical. He can run through tackles. He can force the pile to move forward a little bit. Traylon is just shifty, and he's got that advantage where if there's a pile up front, if, there, if, the, if the hole's clogged, if he's trying to run in between the center and the guard, then he can just bounce outside if it's clogged. That's the advantage that he has. If they're, if they're not getting any push, then Traylon can bounce around on the outside edges. You can set the outside edge with Traylon. He's shifty and he's got the speed. Rakeem's got a little bit more power when you talk about that north-south running. And I think that's that obviously is going to be a key. That's a key. But I think at the end of the day, I'm giving Felipe Franks the keys to the vet. And I'm letting him take this thing over. Because their secondary is not good. I watched... I watched quite a bit of film on them this week. I say quite a bit. I've, I've, I've watched several highlight videos and and what have you, and they do give up chunks of yardage. They've given up at least a twenty yard play, and, and even though that's kind of common, everybody gives up at least a twenty yard play every week. They've had weeks where they've given up multiple 35, 45-yard plays, big chunks, and Arkansas should have that opportunity. You're not playing a well balanced team this week, okay? A and M was a well balanced team. Florida's got the better offense than A&M, but they don't have as good of a defense. They just don't. Again, go back, watch them. If, if you're, when you're done listening to this podcast, go watch their defense. They give up chunks of yardage. They struggle tackling at times. They are not good on defense. So, if you let Felipe Franks take this thing over, I think Arkansas's got a shot. They are aggressive on defense. They are going to bring the pressure. They're going to try and force him to make a mistake. I have no doubt. I think that, well, I, I do have some doubt because he's been a pretty pretty accurate passer this year. He's not turned the ball over a ton, but I do think Felipe Franks probably ends up at least with a pick, maybe even possibly two. Again, you're talking about a defense with, with what I say, 15 sacks, and you've given up 18 on the year. And guys, I mean, look at the amount of games they've played, and they've got that many sacks on defense, okay? So... That's going to be that's going to be a little troublesome, I think, for Franks. And on the road, they're going to have a bunch of people in that place. I mean, again, that could also change. God only knows what kind of rules Sankey puts in place before this game. He might all of a sudden say, "Nope, sorry, no more than like ten thousand people." But I have a hard time seeing him do that. Uh, but you know, you're on the road, a tough environment. I know he's aware, very well aware of what that environment's like down there. I know that relationship it's there. He's going to have that chip on his shoulder. As some people are trying to tell me, oh, Ty's going to be so mad. He's going to go down there and rip them up. I don't know if that's going to be, I don't know if that's his motive. I think he's going to go down there and take advantage of just a not so great secondary. I think that's what's going to happen. Their secondary is not very good. Again, big plays given up. You got a big playmaker in Traylon Burks. Maybe get the running backs involved a little bit more this week, and Arkansas has a shot at keeping this thing competitive, and God only knows what happens in the fourth quarter if you do that in the final waning minutes of the fourth quarter. Uh, I will I, I will predict Florida to win this game. I'm not giving my, my score out just yet uh, on the Friday show. You guys, uh, you can find that on the Hog Talk. We'll have all of our – the staff picks will be released – this weekend, you guys can check that out, and I'll have it. We'll have it ready for you then. How about that? So, thank you guys so much for listening. These are tough to do solo. I'm not going to lie; some of the hardest things I've ever done. I do I do the live shows on Pig Trail by myself. Those are easy to me. They're fun. I got a live audience. We're kind of playing around. I'm reading the comments, keep you busy. Next thing you know, 45 minutes has passed by. This is tough because I'm just making it up as I go and trying to read off a screen and read my notes and what all script I have written out with, with stats and what have you, this can be challenging. But, um, when you're, when you're trying to break down, like a, when you're trying to do a solo breakdown of a, of an upcoming week, but I've been here before I've done this before and it's, I I have fun doing this too. I, I love that you guys give us this opportunity and we really do appreciate each and every one of you that download and, and listen to us. And a special shout-out, as always, to our Discord. I completely forgot to do the Discord questions this week. That's my bad. Hope you guys will uh, forgive me. So, yeah, I do have Florida winning. Does Arkansas cover the spread? I'm going to say that they do. You're 6-0 and against the spread. I'm going to say that they do. Again, Sam Pittman not being there, I think, is going to play a role. You're on the road. It's going to be a tough environment. 
but I just I really feel good about Felipe Franks this weekend. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna chop up their secondary. So I don't know. Then again, who knows? Running backs could also get this thing going. I really think one way or another, this offense is gonna rack up some yards this week. I think it's gonna be a pretty good week on offense. Uh, defense is gonna have to do everything they can to get off the field quick, and that's gonna be tough against Florida's offense. So Trask is a is a Heisman right now. He looks like a Heisman. And if that tight end is healthy, oh goodness. And that to me is why I'm so hesitant to give you a score. I still think there's a shot at covering the spread even if he plays. But if he doesn't play, I think I'm pretty I'm going to say that they cover the spread if he doesn't play. That's how big of a difference maker he is. He's a difference maker. I've talked about this before. You've got you've got contributors, right? Your guys that just play, they probably don't go pro or maybe they get drafted in the 7th round if they're lucky. You've got playmakers and then you have difference makers, guys that just completely change the way you defend. Well, you know, looking at an offense, what they do for an offense is they completely change the way you defend their offense, and that's what he is. Okay, that's what this kid is, and that's going to be tough for this Arkansas defense. It is a mismatch. I mean, again, you're talking about a tight end that is big, strong, and fast. This guy can move. He can catch. He's got a really good catch radius. I was watching his his film or watching his highlights, and like his catch radius for for to be that big, that fast. Pitts is just special, you guys. Twenty four catches, four hundred fourteen yards, eight touchdowns. I'm telling you, he's a difference maker. He's not just a playmaker, but he's a difference maker. So Arkansas is going to have to do everything they can to adjust to that. Okay, like. No, don't like. I'm sorry. That's YouTube. <laughs> uh, rate and review the podcast. We will. Uh, I will, of course, be live at the halftime show on Arkansas Hog Talk, and I'll be live on the postgame show on the Pig Trail Network YouTube channel. Please uh, go subscribe over there if you haven't. Yeah, rate and review the podcast here on, on the Hog Talk podcast. Okay, coming up on the next segment, Kyle's going to interview Adam Silverstein, Deputy Managing Editor for CBS Sports. And he's also the owner and operator of OnlyGators.com that you can you can follow them on Twitter at OnlyGators if you want to if you want to do that. But they're going to break down this game and more coming up next. Woo Pig Suey, go hogs. Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. What's up, guys? Kyle Sutherland here, and we're back on the Hog Talk Podcast, episode number 138. And now joining me on the Workman's Travel Center hotline is the owner of OnlyGators.com, Adam Silverstein. Adam, appreciate you joining me tonight. Hey, now. Happy to be here. And I know that it's been a crazy year, uh, really dating back to March, and we knew it was going to be a wild year in college football, everything being so unpredictable. But I would say this is probably the craziest week of them all, especially with LSU-Bama being canceled. Basically, every game except for South Carolina, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and, of course, Arkansas-Florida. But – at least as far as our game is concerned, I think we've got a pretty big headline in Sam Pittman not being on the sidelines, Barry Odom taking over for him. Now, with Florida having to go through what you guys went through for two weeks in October, are you actually kind of shocked that we're even playing at this point in the season? Um, it's tough. I mean, in terms of Florida, I'm not because I feel like the you know COVID-19 kind of ran through the program. I don't think it hit everyone, but it certainly affected so many people that by the time you get to this point, it's like who's really – left to be affected. I think it's crazy more than anything that if you told me back in August or September that Florida, Arkansas would be the premier SEC game of the week in mid-November, I would say, what happened? Like, like what, what happened in this world? Um, you know, not just because Florida has been playing ex- exceedingly well, and obviously, yes, Alabama, LSU isn't happening, but Arkansas is playing like I never expected. I think like most people in the country never expected. And it's great to see. I think certainly Pittman's doing a great job and Felipe Franks certainly coming from Florida, uh, someone that I've covered quite well and for a long period of time, I knew he would find success wherever he went. I didn't know he would find this much success 
this quickly at Arkansas. Well, and talking about Florida's offense, I know that you, that they're averaging 42 points per game right now. Um, and then having those two weeks off, I personally thought, uh, really, I guess maybe three weeks ago, that, hey, if we're going to play Florida, this is about the point because we don't know when they're going to be back on the field. You would think that being off that long, that that would kind of mess up your timing on offense. But mm-hmm. they came back and and uh, put up 85 points. And so, uh, I mean, is that something that you expected as, as a guy that covers them, that they would pick right? Maybe I would even say got better uh, after coming off the break. The offense, I was more concerned, not so much about the time off, but really just the fact that you're not doing it. Like, it's one thing if you have a bye week in the middle of the season, maybe you come out rusty in the first quarter against the team, but you're, you're practicing during that bye week, or you at least have some type of in-person extru- instruction and workout. These guys were on their own. You know, they weren't able to meet. They weren't able to come together as a team. They were doing everything via Zoom. So, you know, if you look at that Missouri game, that first game back, Florida did start not slow, but it did take them a little bit to get find a rhythm on offense. But once they did, they were really hitting at all cylinders. So this offense is just so good. It's so talented. Uh, Kyle Trask has done such a good job at quarterback that, you know, there's really, you could have a guy out, a Kyle Pitts this week, something I'm sure we'll talk about. And I, I don't necessarily know it's going to miss much of a beat as long as Kyle Trask is there behind center at the quarterback position. It's the defense more than anything that surprised me coming out of the break. And that's what I was going to talk about next. Kyle Trast has almost 2,000 yards, 22 touchdowns. And it's crazy to think that there's even a quarterback that's played better than him, as great as he has been, mm-hmm. uh, like Mac. Just I don't, I don't even know if you'd really say even better. His stats are just there. They both played. It's like equivalent. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just, I mean, Mac has more stats. Uh, they both played exceedingly well and, and done incredible. And I think that that's going to make for a possible great SEC championship game. But – he took over, as we all know, you talked about Felipe Franks just a second ago, right when Felipe got hurt. You having covered Felipe, despite if he might sh- shrug this game off and act like it's not a big deal, with you covering him for as long as you did, him being there for the amount of time that he was, you got to think that this is a huge game. I'm sure for Florida, but definitely Felipe Franks, too, being the competitor that he is. Yeah, I don't want to hear anything about him not being emotionally invested or or not wanting to go after Florida. I mean, look – I, during the departure and, and in the aftermath of it, there was not really an, a bad word said on either side. And I think Dan Mullen had a lot of respect for Felipe Franks, the way he handled himself um, on the field, off the field, and just in general in his departure from the program. And I think Felipe feels like Dan Mullen probably groomed him best he possibly could to be a starting quarterback in the SEC where, you know, candidly, the guys, the coaches that he had, both position and head, coaches that he had before Dan Mullen didn't really do much to help him. Dan Mullen got a lot out of Felipe Franks in one year. And I think now we're seeing the results of that at Arkansas, which is great. So I don't think there's actual animosity there, but at the same time, when you realize, Hey, I was the starting quarterback for the Florida Gators and look, nothing against Arkansas or Missouri or, or Georgia or, or, you know, a lot of other programs, but being a starting quarterback at Florida, given the Heisman trophy history, There's a lot of expectations. And when you make a commitment to the program to play that position, it means something, right? So that was his goal that he he committed to Florida over LSU. He was going to go to LSU for a long period of time. He ultimately chose Florida. He was in the position. And what happened? He started too early in his career and he wasn't very good. He started before he was ready. Candidly is what it was. And the fans booed him for a long time. And then he started playing well. And guess what? He shushed them. So if he shushed his own fan base in the swamp, what do you think he's going to do when he's on the other side in the swamp? I think this game means a ton for Felipe. I don't think that he's going to let it affect him in any meaningful way because he's now at a point in his career in life where he seems to be matured and able to handle such a situation. But yes, I think this game really matters for him. And you know what? There's a lot of teammates on Florida that I'm sure absolutely love Felipe Franks, but you know what they're really going to like to do? Go after him and sack his ass. <laughs> well, and it, Felipe's been very good on the road. He's got eight touchdowns to and no interceptions. Um, I know that he's completed a very high over 70%, or I think it's around the 70% mark completion rate. And has just done better overall. He had a really good uh, home game. Uh, he had a really good home game against Tennessee, but for the most part, his best games have been on the road. Mm-hmm. Todd Grantham's defense has been a little bit shaky this year. If there's any, if there's either side of the, uh, I, I don't really want to use the word concern, but it's definitely you, you look at the offense and it's like, okay, you're great there. But again, the Grantham is 
it's just it's been a little shaky is really what it has been yeah do you think that maybe that like what what do you expect them to throw at Felipe do you think that maybe he might have the edge a little bit more so or do, do you feel that uh, it could be just a chess match between uh, between coordinators from some of the tips that they get from him I do think and a lot of people will probably disagree with me that Arkansas's offense has an advantage over Florida's defense going into this game, not just from Frank's talent. I do like some of the position players that the Razorbacks have, but Florida, the last two weeks they've dominated. You, you, you gave the, the scoring total, right? Who have they played? They played Stetson Bennett. And honestly, off the top of my head, and this is me being bad sec college football guy right now. I actually forget the name of Missouri starting quarterback. I do too. That's how much, that's how irrelevant he is to the actual quarterbacking conversation in the league. So Florida has the defense been way better since the break. Not even a question, especially on third down, but who are they playing? What, what quality quarterback are they playing to take advantage of that before they were getting torn apart by Kellen Mond. And I think Felipe Franks is of a similar caliber in, in that type of category. So I don't know whether the position players Arkansas has, will fully allow Felipe Franks to take advantage of the Florida defense. But I think if the Gators are feeling themselves coming into this game and a little bit overconfident, they may, especially in the first half, get a rude awakening when Felipe Franks is way more talented than the last two guys they've seen. And you talked about playing Stetson Bennett in Georgia, just I think a, a game that I, I wasn't shocked. I actually picked Florida to win that game, but I, I think mm-hmm. that a lot of us were shocked in the way of how it went. You know, you guys putting up, what, 30 points, around 38 points in the first half, mm-hmm. 10 different receivers catching the ball, Kyle Trask putting up the numbers that he did. But like you said, Kyle Pitts, what he went out in the second half, it's very questionable that he'll, he's going to play. If I were a betting man, I'm really not, but I would say that he is. it is very likely that he doesn't. Do you, th- you you said that you don't really think that this offense will miss a beat. Do you think that they might run the ball more? Or, again, since so many guys got receptions against Georgia and the way that they've been able to spread the ball around, do you think that it'll be very, very similar? By the way, Connor Bazelak is Missouri's uh, yes. starting quarterback. Yeah. He has a, a 1,100 yards and four touchdowns on the season. So that's why I didn't remember his name. Um, <laughs> so I do think the offense will maybe change a little bit, but it'll be more what Kyle Trask reads rather than the actual play calling. Because one of the things that Trask does, and this is not, you know, it's seen as an insult because people used to say it, I guess, about Chad Pennington back in the day, but Trask is a game manager. He, his stats don't tell you that, but he, what he does is he makes the correct read. He finds what the defense gives him. Every coach will say this about every quarterback ever, but he actually does it. And, and you see it not so much in the fact that he just throws the ball up to Kyle Pitts. You look at the box scores. Look at how many players are touching the ball offensively. It's because Kyle Trask is spreading it around. So, yes, Florida's offense will be affected without Kyle Pitts because some of those plays that you've seen where, yes, he can just throw it up into the end zone and know he'll come down with it or at least bat it away. Those aren't going to happen, but that's a read on a play. And Florida does have two or three other tight ends who are capable pass catchers, and they can get some yak, some yards after the catch. So anytime you lose a talented player like Kyle Pitts, who's probably going to win the Mackey Award when all is said and done, it's going to hurt your offense. But how much will it actually affect the production? I don't know that it's going to affect it that much. You're talking maybe one or two plays a game where he goes to someone else, and when he goes to someone else, if they catch the ball, then it's pretty good. You know, It's a good result. So I just I'm not overly concerned if Pitts is not there. And look, concussion protocol, it's iffy. Um, I know a lot of people are expecting him to be out. I think if you pass the protocol, you're good. Like, it's very simple, right? It's, it's a yes or no, and it's a, it's a third party that gets to make that decision. So I think it's 50-50 at this point whether he plays. And something else that might slow down the game, we've tried to dodge COVID all season, and but um, over the last couple of weeks, and even including this one, there's been some uh, some places that were threatened by tropical storms or hurricanes, mm-hmm. and we see that possibly this week. Now, as we're recording, uh, we don't really – it could change a lot uh, before this releases, before game day. But how much of it do you think – I think that it's going to affect it in some way, whether it be just a wet field or a downpour, but – will that possibly force Florida to maybe go a little bit more with their ground game if if the weather uh, happens to be the way that it's projected and from some people? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Florida does run the ball a little bit more. And if it's a wet environment, that would make a lot of sense. The thing about the Gators running game is they really have like a three-headed attack with Naquan Wright and Malik Davis 
uh, Damian Pierce, who Dan Mullen doesn't give any of these guys significant carries. So they're all constantly fresh. So I do feel like if there is a scenario where Florida is forced to run the ball, whether because of conditions, because of injuries, maybe the passing game isn't very effective, then I do think they have the talent to get the job done. But to this point, that's just not something that Florida's had to worry about. They're successful on the ground, but they're just not going to be a dominant run team like Georgia has been or Alabama can be. Well, and as we close out here, Adam, I'm going to ask you what I always ask whoever we have on from the current opponent that we have that week. I want sure. you to give me just a quick analysis of how you think the game will go and your score prediction. This, this is going to be a close game. I know it's 18 points, and that's a respectable spread that you know the oddsmakers have given Florida, I guess, the number six team in the country, offense as good as it is. But again, I go back to the quarterbacks that Florida's faced over the last couple of weeks. I didn't expect Connor Basilak or Stetson Bennett the fourth to do anything on this defense anyway. So the fact that the Gators have improved in that way, I think that is why the line is the way it is. So I think it's going to be a closer game, something along the lines of a, I don't know, like a 34 to 24, something like that. I do think Florida ultimately wins. It is a home game. It's in the swamp. It's at night. The stands won't be packed. The Gators really do have more talent across the board on both sides of the ball, but Felipe Franks is going to have success against this defense. And I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in the second half, it's a one score game and a bounce of the ball could, you know, decide the future of the game. Could Arkansas win? I think Arkansas could win this game. I don't think it's uh, out of the realm of possibility, but I do think Florida wins probably by 10, 11 points, something like that. We've been talking with Adam Silverstein from OnlyGators.com. And Adam, I really appreciate you hopping on. And I know that we are extra thankful as Razorback and Gator fans to be one of the few games, knock on wood, left for this weekend. Hey, we're playing college football this weekend. It's a good it's a good Saturday. That's all you can ask for. Well, man, uh, again, hope for a really good game. I'm sure that's what it'll be. And I appreciate you hopping on with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.